Welcome to Cat Talk Radio with your host, Molly DeVos. Molly is a cat expert and certified feline training and behavior specialist. With her expertise and her guests, you'll learn how to interpret and control behavior issues with your cat, how to entertain and converse with them, and keep up on the latest feline news around the world. Now, here is Molly DeVos. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Cat Talk Radio. Thanks for tuning in with us today. I'm your host, Molly DeVos, and today we're going to talk about cat Not people being allergic to cats, but allergies in cats. But before we jump into that, allow me to introduce my handsome husband and radio co-host, Dewey Vaughn. Hi, my beautiful love, and hello to all of those out there in the great big cat world. Wow, allergies? Man, this is a topic that I think I can be all over, but I'm really surprised about, so... You know, since I have such really bad allergies, the doctor said I you should do. live in a bubble. My gosh, I wonder if cats probably should live in a bubble, too. If if I'm going to learn as much about allergies as I know about my own, then maybe we should create some cat bubbles out of this episode. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> but this episode like idea... Those, maybe those would be like those, you know, those plastic balls that hamsters run around in. <laughs> yeah, really big one for a cat. Now, that would be cool. <laughs> Just to keep them away from all the allergies, like they suggest for uh, me. <laughs> and all my breakables. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that would then they'd be like a, a few things. <laughs> Wouldn't that solve a few things? <laughs> keep them off the crazy. counters. <laughs> That's for sure. And, you know, this idea came from Marissa, who asked you to also talk about the cat-proofing your home topic, which really was a good topic as well. I think I think she wrote to you, and I have it here in quotes, I think uh, she said, I'd like to hear an episode on common cat allergens in their food and in the house. Safi, or I think that I'm saying that right, Safi, which is, I'm assuming her cat, has been sneezing and has itchy eyes, and I've been wondering if she's allergic to something, which that makes sense. That's what happens to me. I get really itchy and itchy eyes and all that stuff. And she continues to say, if, and if you have any helpful tips on eliminating potentially sources that could be, that would be great too, you know, if we could figure out how to eliminate that. I thought about cats having allergies to things other than food myself, and I, I really didn't realize that they would have any allergies at all, for goodness sakes. What do you think? Well, yeah, they have allergies. It's it's just like us. They can be allergic to many environmental elements as well as ingredients in food, both. Well, why don't we hear more about cats with allergies? Well, if you take your cat to the vet, you're likely going to hear about it. I meet a lot of behavior clients who tell me that the vet has told them that their cat is allergic to things in the food and they have them on a prescription diet for food allergies. And, you know, it's it's just like with us humans. Allergens are irritating a part of your body, either inside or out, one of the two. Boy, I know that to be true, man. I got them in all directions, you inside, outside, do. upside down. <laughs> I am severely mm-hmm. allergic to lots of different things. 
And it's uh, and the doctor said there's nowhere I can go, no place I could live uh, that I unless it was Mars that I could probably not be allergic to something, and maybe even on oh, Mars I'd be allergic. <laughs> you'd find something on Mars to be allergic to. Yeah, it's you. crazy. I got to live in a bubble. So, what are some of the symptoms of allergies? How do you know if your cat has allergies? Well, it, again, similar to us, environmental allergies will usually produce like sneezing or coughing or wheezing or runny eyes. Sometimes they'll chew on their paws or their pads of their paws or their feet themselves will be swollen. And food intolerances and sensitivities usually produce like gastrointestinal problems. And that'll show up like vomiting or diarrhea and, and sometimes even ear infections, believe it or not. Or like if the coat or in the fur is just really bad and it and it looks deteriorating, that's a really good sign of food allergies. But you really have to pay attention because itching and skin problems could be food related too. They get these little blister like things typically on their head and neck area, and they're really itchy. And, and they're kind of blister-like. So if, if they're scratching around their head or you see little tiny bumps on their head or neck only, not on other parts of the body, that's very likely a food allergy. Also, you know, over-grooming or licking the fur off the abdomen, I think that can be pointing to a food allergy too because, you know, if your stomach hurts, if you're having gastrointestinal upset and your tummy hurts, you know, they're going to lick it kind of like we rub on ourselves if something hurts. We want to push on that place to see if it feels better. And so sometimes that can be confusing is whether that's environmental or internal, like, you know, um, it could be anything. I mean, it could be an environmental thing like Fabulosa, you know, made made fur fall out of their off their paws or something, but it wasn't food related. You know, hair loss on feet and places that touch the floor indicate an environmental allergen rather than a food related issue. And another difference between the two is that your cat would have to be exposed to an allergen for a little while before its body would produce a reaction to it. But if your cat is intolerant or sensitive to food, they're going to react the very first time they eat it. It doesn't take like four meals before, you know, chicken starts to, to bother them. Wow. So does it show up in kittens or adult cats? Well, it can, it can appear at any age. It It can come on at any age. Like they could go their whole lives and then all of a sudden wake up one day and be allergic to chicken. That can happen. So, you know, just because your cat hasn't been reacting to chicken, you know, before doesn't mean that it isn't developing an allergy now. You know, when I went in to to try to figure out what I was allergic to, they gave me all these tests and they I remember that (laughs) pin pricks all over the place. And what was interesting is, you know, from one state that we were in to another state we were in, there were different things between each state. Some of them were common. Some of them were the same on both sides. But I went into two different allergy places and and got those tests. and, And they basically prick you with whatever it is that they think you might be allergic to, and then they watch for the swelling, and then the swelling gets so big, and da-da, you're, you're allergic to that. So how do they or can they make tests for cats? 
Well, it's actually very similar to the way that they that they do that they did that allergy test on you. Of course, in cats, they have to sedate them first because they're not going to sit still for all that, and then they shave them, and then they poke them with all those little needles that have little things, you know, little bits of environmental or food things that they might be allergic to. Oh my uh, gosh! No way! That would just be—I can't imagine that. That would just make the cat crazy. <laughs> Sorry. That's why they sedate them. <laughs> I guess. Yes. Wow. <laughs> There's also um, home allergy tests that you can get for your cat. We've seen those at the Global Pet Expo trade show, you know, and you can collect saliva and hair and things like that and send those off um, to a company that will send you a report back and and tell you. And then, you know, you can, they also, it's the same kind of thing as in people. You can get allergy serums to give your cat allergy shots so that they build up an immunity to whatever it is that they're allergic to. Really? Wow. Yeah, that's yeah, just a like moment. Wow. And <laughs> thankfully, we've never had to deal with that, knock on wood. But <laughs> and, and some vets opt for steroids instead, which would be like prednisone or something like that. But over a long period of time, the steroids can really take a toll on the kidneys, which is, which is why you know, they usually opt for allergen serums. Of course, it's none of that is inexpensive at all. But you can also, you know, do a home test. If you've kind of ruled out, you know, you, you know by the symptoms that you're getting, is this an environmental thing or is this a food thing that you're dealing with? And if it's, if it's a food thing, Really, if it's either, but mostly if it's a food thing, you want to do what they did to you when you learned you were, you know, gluten intolerant. You take out one thing at a time. So Mm -hmm. one ingredient at a time. Mm -hmm. And it takes about a month to see an initial reaction and full effects of that. It takes about two months. And that's how you'll know you're on the right track. And if not, if you're not seeing any changes in two months, then you haven't found that, that culprit yet. So keep a journal of what you're feeding so you can keep track of what's working and what isn't. Often vets will prescribe a prescription diet too. It's a called a hydrolyzed uh, hydrolyzed protein diet is what that's called. And and that's a food that actually disrupts the proteins. Basically, they use water to chemically break down proteins into small pieces so the immune system doesn't react to them. And there's been a study of this time of type of diet for cats, and it's not always good. You know, most cats don't like the taste of it. It's just not palatable at all. It commonly causes diarrhea, and there's a reduced nutritional value. But anyway, vets ask that you feed this for 12 weeks to see if the problems go away. But to me, when we're dealing with obligate carnivores... And we're probably feeding them junk or processed foods and things like that, which is probably what they're allergic to. Putting them on a diet where proteins are disrupted when that's what they need, that this doesn't seem right to me. So, I mean, I understand in some severe allergy cases when that's the only thing you can do, I get it. And if your cat will eat it and it's working for you, that's great. But I I would suggest maybe trying some alternative things to see, you know, exactly what's going on. Isolate the protein that they're allergic to and go from there. Wow. So what kinds of things in food are they allergic to? Like I'm allergic to lactose and milk and gluten and right. certain things. So what, what, what other things? 
Well, mostly with cats, it's proteins that they're allergic to. So from a study, here's a list of, you know, I guess the percentage of cats that have protein allergies. The the biggest allergen is beef. 20% have allergies to beef, 15% to dairy, 13% to fish, 7% lamb, 4.5% only for poultry, and then barley and wheat. Four and a half percent. You know that surprises me. I don't see mouse on there, so I guess <laughs> no, they're never allergic. They're never allergic, allergic to the mouse my... side. <laughs> well, no, or or doves, or rabbits, or other you know normal prey for yeah. cats. Obviously, a cat in the wild isn't going to take down a cow and eat beef. So it's not really surprising that it's allergic to something that isn't a natural protein source for them in the wild. You know, and the other thing is the fish flavors. I mean, there's fish flavors in just about anything you get, right? Exactly, exactly. So you really need to do your homework and not trust the advertising media of commercial cat foods so that you can educate yourself about nutrition. And that goes for whether you're, you know, human or cat, both. We need to be, you know, we should be more educated about about stuff like that. And, you know, there's... There's a fine line between something that irritates your gut and something that you're full-on allergic to, you know, as you know. And and things that, that cats, most all cats, are susceptible for irritants for would be gluten, soy, eggs, and corn. And most cats are gluten and lactose intolerant. And dry kibble can contain between 28 and 45% soluble carbs. Why we say dry food is just empty carbs. And that promotes the wrong bacteria in the gut. And that'll compromise the immune system's capability of working. And that'll lead to allergens. So sometimes, you know, your cat may be... putting off mixed signals and you don't really know what's going on. And it may just be the dry food, the carbs, which is the source of the carbs that your cat is consuming that's compromising the immune system. And then they show allergies to the environment show up. So diet is huge, huge, huge for cats to not have allergies. And the more your pet consumes processed food, the more likely allergies are going to develop. And these will show up sometimes as ear or eye infections, of course, skin problems, gut issues, and a lot of the other stuff we've already talked about. And this is one of the many reasons why I suggest feeding raw food. It's grain and gluten-free. You know, it, it reduces the risk of allergies developing. You know, I, I always say if your cat's showing sign of allergies first, it, try switching from dry food if you're feeding that to a quality canned food that doesn't contain byproducts, corn, wheat, gluten, soy, or eggs, or fish, and see if that helps. Do that for two months. And if that doesn't do it, switch to a raw diet because that that just might be the right solution for your cat. It has in many cases of people I've worked with. Okay, so what are some other things that cats are allergic to? I mean, we're talking about food, but it's, I mean, and then we talked about environmental. So besides the foods Mm -hmm. and the environmental, what else is out there? 
Well, some of the environmental things can be pollens, grasses, mildew, mold, dust, etc. I mean, it's, you know, anything. Now you're going down my list. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I think you might be a cat. Yeah, maybe. Horrible allergies. No No wonder I like you so much. (laughs) Yeah. No wonder I love to sit in your lap and you pet me. (laughs) (laughs) We don't talk about that on the air. Oh, oops. Sorry. There's also things like flea allergies. Um, those are very common. And then household cleaners. You know, they can be allergic to a lot of household cleaners. Perfumes and, and not just spray on your body smell good perfumes, but scents added to cat litters and air fresheners, carpet powders, dryer sheets, all those kinds of things. And then surprisingly, something you don't normally think about is plastic food bowls. The, the dye that's used to color food bowls, they've been found to be allergens for cats. Cigarette smoke is another one that cats can be very allergic to. And insect bites, just like us, you know, some people are allergic to bee stings or wasps or things like that. And, of course, snake bites, they can be allergic to, to even non-poisonous snake bites. And, of course, if you cat has been bitten by a snake or a bug or you suspect anything like that, you got to get it to the vet right away. That's very important. And here's another really weird, interesting fact that... You know, I I don't find a lot to support it, but I learned it in school. We had a, a nutrition course, of course, in um, in getting my certification, my behavior certification. And they taught us that the lighter colored the cat is, the more prone to allergies issues it'll have. It's It's very strange. But flea allergies are the most common for environmental and then followed by environmental substances and then food. Those are in in that order overall. Flea, environmental substances, and food are ranking in that order of allergens for cats. Okay, so let's start talking about what we can what can be done with these things. So, you know, instead of having you know the expensive and hard to administer allergy shots, how do you correct this? Well, if you suspect protein, you know, start with eliminating chicken. And again, remember, just one ingredient at a time. So if you're feeding your cat a variety of flavors and, you know, it's throwing up a lot, has a lot of diarrhea, something like that, you know, suspect a, a protein source as an, as an allergen, eliminate only one. Don't eliminate both because then you're not identifying it. So eliminate chicken and, and just feed something else for two months. And if the symptoms persist, then eliminate fish and see. I like to feed rabbit because it's a good lean source of protein with a very, very low allergy potential. Um, the other, another thing you can do is add omega-3s to their diet. That's very important component to help easing cat allergies. And you won't find omega-3s in cooked food, which is canned food or dry food. So, I mean, you can just get omega-3 fish oil, you know, in, in the capsules like we get for humans and and just, I used to poke a hole in it with a pin and squeeze it out on the food. I mean, it, it'll do wonders for their coat in addition to easing their allergies. And there's a site too, by the way, that has a ton of information 
about cat nutrition. I mean, if you want to know everything there is to know on the planet about cat nutrition, go to catinfo.org. And and that lady, she's a vet, and she has amassed a huge amount of database, and, and she's been doing that for, gosh, 25, 30 years maybe. I mean, she really knows her stuff, and she keeps it updated. And it's a long read, and there's a lot of information there, but if you really want to dive deep into this stuff, go to catinfo.org. Wow. Okay, so what can we do about some of the other things you mentioned? Well... First of all, first and most important, use a dust-free, unscented cat litter. Because here we are providing something that your cats get in every day that if you're not careful about what you buy, contain two very high allergen potentials, dust and scent and perfumes. So, you know, we use the Tidy Cats Lightweight unscented clean so it has no perfumes in it it's dust free it's great another thing you can do is vacuum at least two times a week that's important because you want to vacuum up all the dust and things like that in your home Um, and then of course for fleas i suggest you treat with diatomaceous earth in your home and on your pet, and and get the food-grade diatomaceous earth, by the way, when you do that. But use natural products, never century brand colors. There have been many deaths associated with cheap flea medications. So, and, and cheap, you know, flea medications aren't, aren't cheap. And I don't treat in the winter months knowing that we don't have a lot of fleas. So, first of all, our cat goes does go outside into his cat run but it's concrete so there's not a lot of grass nearby they can get dust mites and things like that but if you use the diatomaceous earth they won't get that kind of thing and if you'll email me i have a blog at my or go to the website catbehaviorsolutions.org and look at the look at the blog and look for flea just search in the search bar flea and it should come up i have a whole bunch of products listed there for a really good natural flea remedy course and then you know if if you're worried about or you want to you know just prevent any kind of food bowl associated allergies feed them from a glass bowl a lot of cats don't like stainless so use glass but make sure it's still wide and low so that it doesn't touch the whiskers and then another thing you can do is use natural household cleaners. You know, we recently switched from Fabulosa to vinegar because Pico was having issues. He he was having third eyelids, like whale eye, we call it, where the whites of the eye in the corner was coming out into the eyes. And he wasn't in pain and he wasn't stressed and the vets couldn't find anything wrong with him. Finally, I decided, you know, this has got to be some sort of environmental allergy that he's reacting to. So... The, you know, the thing that he touches the most is the floor, and we have all concrete floors, and once a week we have someone come in to dust those and, and you know, mop, of course, with Fabulosa. So I've switched to a cleaning vinegar solution, and uh, we just did that a few weeks ago, so I don't know yet whether that's really having an effect. It seems like it is. So natural cleaning products are very important. And you know, I'm not a vet and I'm not going to officially recommend this to you, but 
we had a, a foster named Parker. He was an old cat, and he had allergies bad. First, we thought it was an upper respiratory infection, but you know, he wasn't running a fever. And they said, no, it's just environmental allergies. And you could tell at certain times of the year, he'd just get sneezy and runny eyes. And so I gave him half, someone told me, give him a little bit of antihistamine. So I took our, we get cetrazine for Dewey at, at Sam's, which is a generic Zyrtec, and it's just 100% antihistamine and nothing else. So I would break that in half and give that to him, and it clear his allergies right up. Um, talk to your vet before you do that, but um, it certainly worked for Parker. And, of course, like I said, any suspected insect bite or snake bite or something like that, you need to take your cat to the vet right away. And then... Um, and then again, like we talked about too, add the omega-3 fatty acid supplements to the food. Um, and then as far as other ways to treat it, like if there's topical itching, scratching, you know, rough patches on the skin, things like that, there are sprays that contain oatmeal or aloe that might help with skin irritations. And wow. That's what I can think of. Wow, that's this is just incredible. It's right down my alley, and I really am surprised. And a lot of aha moments in here for me, because I just never really looked at it that way. I didn't figure that cats would have the kind of allergies that I do. You know, obviously maybe to different things, but wow, oh, this is a great episode. Yeah, and if man, you were, if you were. Great. If you were allergic to beef, I think the world would end. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm a meat and potato. I mean, that's really all I need to be fed, meat and potatoes, and that's it. That's probably why I'm just supposed to be – that's all I'm supposed to eat, <laughs> fish, that <laughs> and fish. Yeah, so I get it. Little kitties need some attention when it comes to allergies, just like me. <laughs> so I want to thank Marissa. Wow, thank you, Marissa. That's a couple of great ideas that you've sent over. And the suggestions, and thank you very much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, but you know what? If any of our other listeners have ideas for topics, just email Molly, and you can do that at cattalkradio.com. And that's molly at cattalkradio.com. Yeah, I really appreciate it, Marissa. That's It makes our lives a lot easier because this is our 101st episode of Cat Talk Radio. And I'm telling you what, I mean, we did revisit some subjects a few times, but for the most part, it is really hard to come up with fresh data each week. So please send me your ideas. Nothing is too stupid. And, and you know, if nothing else, if it's not something that, you know, needs 30 minutes of us talking about, then we'll combine it in question session where we do a, a bunch answering a bunch of listeners questions. So yeah, send those to me, please. And also find us and like us on Facebook, Cat Behavior Solutions, Cat Talk Radio on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. Check out my blog. There's a lot of great stuff posted there, too. Yes, yes. Uh, all those are great, amazing things. And if you go visit the website, you'll see a lot more things out there. Um, if you also learn something from one of our podcasts, please consider sending a gratuity donation. Any amount helps us keep this show on the air. We do Amen. this. We do this as a free service to you. Because we want you to 
take better care of your cats and you want to have a place to get resources and it's a good place to do that. So consider that. And there's no salaries that we get paid or paid out of Cat Behavior Solutions. This is all volunteer based on help because it's better for you to better take care of your cat and to increase the bond between you and your cat. That's really important, increasing that bond. And we're going to keep doing that. You know what? As long as shelter euthanasia shelter euthanasia is, is the, the number, number one cause of death, death, and death. in cats. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get it oh, down boy. in Butchered episode two oh one. Episode two oh one, I predict we'll have it done. <laughs> I don't think we're ever gonna have this done. We're gonna go on a hike in a minute and we're gonna practice it the entire way. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> All right, everybody, until next time, keep calm and purr on. Thank you, everyone. Looking for products that address specific cat behavior issues? On our website, cattalkradio.com, you'll find things that will create enrichment in the environment for your cat. Toys that will reduce boredom, the world's best and safest nail clippers, and much more. All proceeds support our mission, reducing the number of cats surrendered to shelters. Stop by the site and pick up a few tips and tidbits for your cat today. Visit cattalkradio.com and look for The Behavior Shop. You can be a cat lifesaver by helping to keep us on the air. In the U.S., about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues. Through this educational radio show, behavior consultations, seminars, and articles, Cat Behavior Solutions intercepts cat behavior problems in the home, reducing the number of cats who are surrendered to shelters. Make a donation at catbehaviorsolutions.com. That's catbehaviorsolutions.com. Thanks for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. Please join your host, Molly DeVos, for another episode of the program on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go make a connection with your feline friend.